Wait. Set your 45 minute Quit. timer. Boss girl's Quit back. Quit bossing us around. <laughs> Boss girl is back. Uh-oh. I'm ready when y'all ready. Okay. okay good. <clears throat> Episode. There we go. Episode 277. 277. Here we go. <clears throat> That's a B277. B two, who has a B277? B I N G O B I N G O B I N G O and bingo was his name. And there's a 277 in there somewhere under the B277. I did. Okay. Let's get spiritual. All right, good. Welcome to the podcast. It is Live Transformed, episode number 277. Wow. wow. And <laughs> <laughs> Jim and I are both wearing, I'm giving you the visual, you guys. Jim and I are both wearing plaid shirts and Bob That's is right. not. So he's not part of the plaid right. club today. Uh, well, I know. You, 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 you told me. We called me, each other. You told me that you. I wear too much of that. So. No, you don't, sweetie. It's just uh-huh. certain plaids don't look as good as uh-huh. other plaids. I have, okay. I, it's, it's kind of a thing. Like some plaids I don't no, like. No, there's mm-hmm. some plaids I don't like mm-hmm. either. I, you know, I uh, Okay, thank you. Uh, you know, I, but I, you don't just have to throw pl- plaids out the window. Uh, it's not about I that. I don't like plaids that look like Western shirts. You know how, you know how some plaids no. just kind of have that yeah. Western look? I, I don't know why, but I just <laughs> I just don't care for them. They look good on other people. I just don't have to wear them. I'm not a cowboy. I'm a redneck. Mm-hmm. But, but when Audrey says, I look like a picnic table, that doesn't go well. <laughs> you mean you that, that don't get you a little excited, Audrey? Is, uh, I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing we were just talking about, we were just talking with our kids before we came and met with you, Jim, and we were talking about John Denver, and I said, yeah, he's just not my thing. And and Bob was, like, devastated. Like, how can you not like, John, like John Denver? Denver? Well, you can go out with him. <laughs> <laughs> with your, with your picnic right. table shirt. Yeah. See, a picnic. Sometimes I wonder. <laughs> go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, because it's You're like, wait, up on. we actually have people listening yeah. to us. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, and, yeah. I, and they're like, what did I just tune into? <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> this is well, the what? Look, transform. This is what we usually do before we start recording, but we just pushed record yeah, we and kept record going. Before, so, we, so we love having you. We're just including you in with our stuff. Right. Uh-huh. We're all friends. I'm sure you guys have opinions about Platchers and John that's Denver. Right. It's that's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile, meanwhile you really set us. Meanwhile, ba- yeah, yeah, back, back at, at the, the ranch, ranch. <laughs> you really set us up, hooked us up, hooked us in, Jim, for a great Do podcast. It. Yeah. Um, Talking about why we never find someone to love us and then why it never works. Mm -hmm. And we concluded last week uh, with a, you know, wonderful definition of what truth is Mm -hmm. and where truth begins and where it ends. It begins with God and it really does end with him as well. I'm so glad that takes the, I mean, I'm just so thankful we have him. You know, it's, it's so heartbreaking and you guys see this, you know, you guys, uh, yeah, I don't do counseling anymore unless it's minister, just minister. I mean, there's a few people I'll do counseling for. I don't do just run-of-the-mill counseling. Of course. If I called you, Jim, uh, and I said I was desperate, you would take my call. Right. I would give you a really good price. <laughs> I just want you to know that. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, That'll be $1 you know, million. It is dollars. such a heartbreaking thing when people think that sincerity is equal is equivalent to faith. And they think because they're sincere mm. about something, then then that's you know that God should hear them, and and like I say that that that's the same as faith. It's not because the great remember if truth and and if you didn't get last week's you know uh, podcast, you might want to go back and grab it. So truth starts with not just the with God Himself, but it starts with Am I going to take the truth of God? Am I going to harmonize life here on earth mm-hmm. with the truth of God? Mm-hmm. And so if I don't start with the truth of God, I can start with something that is really sincere. I can start with something that has great intentions. And, and it, 
and get so frustrated and angry and and discouraged because it's never really working. And, you know, religion yes. does it to you all the time. Religion always tells you something that the Bible really doesn't quite say. And, uh, and when it doesn't mm-hmm. work for you, their answer is do it harder. Do it more. Exactly. And they get, and then we could get more and more sincere and more and more sincere and more devoted and more, more in it. And it, it, it just takes us down this road. Wow. So what a great definition, like what a great yeah. clarity to just say sincerity is not the same as faith. And that's just saying that, you know, so there are so much yet, yet in my faith, I'm very sincere in my faith, but that doesn't mean just because I'm sincere right. that I walk in in faith. You know, if, you know, since faith, faith is never, as you all know, it's never about trying to get God to do anything or to greet anything. The moment no. you are trying to move God, then really you're trying to be his counselor. You're trying to be his advisor. You're really trying to be your own God. And so, mm-hmm. so faith mm-hmm. never, never comes from the perspective of, of I'm going to move God or get God to do something. Faith always had to start with what did God say? And, uh, and once I know what God said, and, and, you know, let me kind of, let me kind of get off the beaten path on that just a little bit. You know, uh, um, I was talking with a, a, a pastor friend of mine last night, and we were just talking about, you know, uh, this whole concept of how the ancient Hebrews, when they would read the scripture, they had a saying that said, there's 50 faces to the Torah. And uh, so we were talking about what that looked like, what that really meant. The 50 faces to the Torah basically means there's at least 50 ways to interpret anything that you read in the scripture. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and now you can get off the rails with it. You can't leave the basics of what words mean. You have to stick to the legitimate ways that God designed for us to be able to understand these words. So it's not like, okay, I, I want it to mean this. Or I think it means this. No, there's there's more right. to it than that. But anyhow, right. uh, so 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 he was asking me. He said, "Well, well kind of give me an example of different ways to interpret." Now remember. Translation and interpretation are not the same thing. Translation is the is really the first phase in translating a word in the original language. There is a, a word will have a pretty much static or one dimensional definition, but then you start looking at context. And when you start looking at context, you you realize, okay, well, wait a minute. This same word is used in different contexts, so it means something many times a little bit different in different contexts. Uh, I mean, it's not going to vastly change, but it's it's going it's going to mean something maybe maybe slightly different. And so you have all of these things. You know, that's that's where you look at, okay, what it, what is the root word, and then you get into. The meaning of the root word. Then you get into the meaning of what do each of the letters in the root word mean, and right. and then you right. get into where are each of the letters positioned in the Hebrew alphabet, and then you get into what are the new what are the numeric <laughs> values of of all this. And it doesn't stop. Yeah. And so <laughs> there's so the, many things, so many you know, layers. Uh, the one I want to come to though is patterns. But before I get into patterns, but the place yeah. that the place that you always have to end when you're reading the Bible, when you are praying, when you're listening to a sermon, reading a book, anytime you are inputting information, the, the big question isn't always, do I understand this theologically? And see, that that's what people want. When people want uh, the Holy Spirit to teach them, really what they want the Holy Spirit to do is say, yeah, you're right. Your theology is right. You know, they're just interested in being right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. because every yeah. Hebrew word, as a, as a verb at, uh, in its root form, then that the question then is not, do I have the exact right theology about this? The question is, how am I going to put it into practice mm-hmm. if it's a verb? Right. So, so you know, the yeah. 50th thing that you do after you can go through all of these different ways of looking at this word, understanding things about this word, finding subtle subtleties uh, about this word, the very last thing is, okay, 
I'm seeing this some way for some reason today. In other words, I'm not saying that how mm-hmm. I'm kind of what I'm seeing today is I'm not saying that this is the one and only way to see this. I'm not saying that this is the one and only perfect translation of it, but I'm saying there's something in my heart that's causing me to see this this way. So in light of that, how do I put this in practice? And mm-hmm. until until you come to a place where you are choosing to put something into tra- into practice, number one, you will never know if you really do understand it or not, because, because if it doesn't bear the fruit that it should bear, then either you didn't understand the word at all, you didn't get it right, or you didn't, or you didn't put it in practice. So, but mm-hmm. so in getting to this thing, one of the really interesting things in the scripture is, is patterns. Now patterns, and it, you can kind of go off the rails here a little bit with patterns, if, if not careful. <clears throat> We have this tendency to particularly, man, well, every movement who has some specialty doctrine, doesn't matter if it's the grace people, doesn't matter if it's the faith people, doesn't matter if it's the tongues people, doesn't matter if it's the demon fighters, doesn't matter if it's the healing ministry, I mean, it doesn't matter. Everybody that has any any type of a specialized interest or specialized doctrine they have a need to make everything justify their doctrine. You know, mm-hmm. I can remember back in the in the seventies uh, and eighties going to some of these really big conferences with some great great speakers, but they had to make everything be about faith. Well, now I understand everything between me and God is faith, but not every scripture is talking about faith. It has to be applied by faith, but you know it, it could be talking about something totally different, and they would have to make it about faith. And the discipleship movement, they had to make everything about submission to authority. You know what I mean? And, and so, so we have mm-hmm. this tendency to, to need to twist scripture to say whatever it is we've already decided to believe. And so with, with mm-hmm. patterns... Uh, one of the things that you that you start looking at is okay, and, and you know I accidentally stumbled on this. I didn't know I was doing it when I when I first got saved. You know the first book that I bought, the first study book. Well, I bought I bought a a, a, a Schofield Study Bible, which that's not what I would recommend now, but that was mm-hmm. the best thing you could get in, in 1972. And so the next book that I bought was. A Crudence Complete Concordance. So I could look up any word, you know, and find it in the Bible. Because so, I want to know what was in the mm-hmm. Bible. I want to be able to find words. But the, and the next book that I bought was a Greek-Hebrew lexicon. I started right off the bat studying language. You know, I'd, been, I'd only been saved a few months. So I was starting to try to understand language. But uh, the, the next book that I bought, which was maybe... The most valuable book I bought was the Knaves Topical Concordance. So what I would do, let's say, let's say if I was interested in the word faith, for example, then in a topical concordance, you would go in and every place that the Bible talked about faith, it would give you that scripture. So let's say if I'm talking about faith, or let's say I'm talking about you know, uh, fatherhood, or let's say I'm talking about faithfulness, or let's say I'm talking about money, any of those things, I would go in and so, so you know, I might find 50 or 100 scriptures, say, about money. So <clears throat> when I start looking at these different scriptures, you know, in one place, maybe it's talking about handling money with responsibility. Maybe another place is talking about, you know, how money can corrupt you. But you get all these things. But but what you start realizing is a pattern always starts emerging that helps you understand a, a bigger concept rather than a one-dimensional static definition of a word or a phrase. You would see that word or that phrase used in a whole bunch of different contexts and so then you would start, then you would start saying, okay, well, wait a minute. Even though it may not explicitly state something because of the, the, the way, because of the pattern that emerges by all the different ways this word is used, it's got a bigger application than I ever thought it had. 
Am I making sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's always more behind there and deeper than we oh, ever yeah. understood. And if we don't get to that, we're not going to, you know. Just a simple phrase, you know, as as we take a look at the Word of God in, in Scripture, just remember this, that contextually, too often we're lifting yeah. things out. And and we really do need to keep it, you know, in the context of how and to whom it was written. And one of these simple phrases that I've heard, and I've just really enjoyed it, was that, you know, that the Bible wasn't written to Mm -hmm. me, but it was written Mm -hmm. for me. And so keeping it in that context, recognizing, you know, that there there was a time and a people uh, that it was written to specifically... Mm -hmm. But everything within the Word of God is absolutely written yeah. for me. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people who don't understand that, they don't read the Bible like a personal letter to them, about them. And, and they're not, they're, they're not mm-hmm. reading right. it from a perspective that says, okay, show me how to live. Show, show me what this looks like in, in real yeah. life. So mm-hmm. early on, because mm-hmm. of using this Naves topical Bible, I didn't really realize I was doing it for decades. But I started realizing patterns. So, so you, you start you start looking at at patterns, and so um, patterns. Uh, when when we start looking at righteousness, righteousness is what I call an inclusive word, and by inclusive I mean it draws so many concepts from so many different scriptures and so many different ways that the word righteousness is used, that it's not a one-dimensional word. You can't just say, okay, this is what it means all the time. Uh, you know, there, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. all kinds of different subtleties and the different Greek and Hebrew words for righteousness and, and all this kind of stuff. And But, you know, you do come up with some static definitions. For example, we talked about last week how the word righteousness uh, can mean to be in harmony. If I'm in harm, if I am in, if I'm walking in righteousness, then I am in harmony with God, which means, uh, it's like, you know, when Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, it'd be, and then it'll be easy and light. So I'm walking in harmony with him. I'm, it means to get in step mm-hmm. with him. Or like uh, when, when he says, if you'll mm-hmm. walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. That word walk, again, is a reference to be, being in harmony. And another uh, word picture that I use is just alignment. Yep. I'm coming into agreement and to alignment. Yep. Uh, the thing that I really love about harmony is the uniqueness of all yep. of us. And I think you were mentioning that in our previous yep. podcast in that I can, I can be in harmony yep. with his righteousness yep. And, and there's a uniqueness of expression, yep. but you see, that's the relationship yep. that's being developed. And there's this growth in my life as I harmonize with him. Yeah, you know, people, again, people get in this static concept of righteousness as if there, there are very, very specific things that you do or you don't do. And if you do the right things, then you're righteous. If you don't do something, you know, something you're not righteous. You know, Jesus, so many times, you, you remember the, the time that Jesus was walking through the fields and, 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 and you know, his disciples started, started uh, I believe this was the time, that, you know, they started to pulling off the grains, the heads of grain, and, they, and you know, they would rub them between their hands and eat them. Well, according to the Talmudic law, which anytime the Bible is talking, the New Testament is talking negative about the law and the commandments, it is never talking about the law of Moses. It's talking about the Talmudic law, which were the oral customs mm. that were recorded over a few thousand years that ultimately mm-hmm. replaced mm-hmm. the law of Moses. And, and so, so mm. all of the criticism of the law of the commandments was based on the oral traditions that were recorded in the Talmud and passed down and became more important uh, than the word of God. Well, see, in the Talmudic law, you could pick a head of grain off of a plant on the Sabbath, but you couldn't rub it between your hands. Well, if you can't rub it between your hands, you can't eat it. And so, you know, with Jesus, you saw him more than once, you know, bring out a principle that basically says, you know, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. And you start realizing that that's a principle, and you start seeing this in patterns where all these 
arguments many times for the Jews would attack him, it was because they were trying to make us a slave to their definition of righteousness instead of us discovering how harmonizing with God and, and yielding to his righteousness could give us a better life. So I think mm-hmm. I think that day that they did that with the bread or with the with the wheat, and this may not I may not be remembering this right, but there was at least one time where he said, Well, let me ask you this. He said, You remember when you know when David and his men were fleeing from Saul and uh, <clears throat> they got some of the showbread out of the temple and ate it? He said, but you know, but the the law said it couldn't do that. And so you start realizing Jesus was always bringing forth this pattern and said, wait a minute, you got it backwards. We are not here to serve righteousness. Righteousness is here to serve us by giving us this, this way to always have this incredible life. But see, you can't say that to a one-dimensional mm-hmm. thinker. To a one-dimensional thinker, no matter how you discuss right. righteousness, it comes as a, oh, you're saying, if I'll do right, God will bless me. No, it's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's, you really said that really loud and clear, Jim. It all came to that, that statement that you said, that righteousness is not here to, it, to serve. It's here yeah. to serve us, not yeah. for us to serve it. Because then we get enslaved yeah to definitions. We get enslaved to culture. We get enslaved to works. And just like you said at the beginning, there are 50 different definitions and we can talk about them all day. And it can just lead to overthinking, which leads to just thinking about thoughts. And then we're not even in reality anymore. And then it can just lead to being overwhelmed and all those things that is not rest. You know, and here's another thing we have to think about. Nowhere in understanding how to interpret, not translate you know, there there yes. are some yeah. definite Interpret. rules yeah. of translation. But mm-hmm. interpretation, like I said, is where you're moving from a static definition to a living concept of putting something in practice. That's an interpretation. It's like interpretive dance. Mm-hmm. You know, interpretive, you know, you know yeah. by the way, that's when the Bible talks, when the New Testament talks about uh, be a, a doer of the word, that's actually, the in the Greek, uh, be a poetic performer. And so that's that's like an interpretive mm. dancer. An interpretive dancer does not, or or, or or a poetic performer, they don't necessarily have a an exact way that they read a poem, but they read a poem to bring it to life, to bring the emotion to it, or they tell the story to bring the story to mm-hmm. life. And so our problem is we're not trying mm-hmm. to bring the word of God, the righteousness of God. We're not trying to bring it to life. In us, we're trying to live up mm-hmm. to some false expectation. But the, here's, the, to, to me, a really interesting right. thing is, is, you know, the, the, <laughs> the ancients didn't say uh, this, this 50th thing that you have to do is to figure out how somebody else has to apply it. You got to figure out, based mm-hmm. on how you're seeing it, how are you going to apply that? And so the problem is mm-hmm. almost everything that we do, uh, you know, when people like, like I say that they, they got all persnickety about about trying to find exact theological, and I'm for it. I mean, I, the, theology is important. I, I can remember, you know, uh, when people thought you were being cool and groovy, and when when you said, "Oh, we, we don't have any use for doctrine," well, then you're just going to be the dumbest person walking around trying to know God because you can't know God without doctrine. You know, we don't care about theology, really, because the word theology means the study of God. So, you know, people say stupid stuff thinking they're being profound. But, uh, <clears throat> you, know, you know, I love what Paul says over in Second yeah, Timothy. I think it's hard. in Second Timothy where he says, The purpose of all commandments is love from a pure heart, a faith that has no mm-hmm. agendas. Uh, and what was the last one? Um, uh, and a clear conscience. And so he says, this, this, everything, every commandment that God's ever given, this is the goal. Well, the problem is we have a different goal. Mm-hmm. That's not our, we don't, we're not, God's saying, this was right. the reason I gave you this truth. And we're saying, oh, no, God, I think, I think there's another reason. I think, I think my reason is better than your reason. But anyhow, so you start coming to this realization that, again, if, and, and, I, and I, we use the concept of harmony. We use the concept of righteousness mm-hmm. being like yes. a harmony. And I love what you said, Bob, you know, because in an orchestra, everybody's not playing a piano. 
everybody's not playing a trumpet. Everybody's not playing a violin. In other words, none of us are mm-hmm. playing the same instrument. And man, this starts getting into individuality and few of us are playing the same notes. But the notes that we play have to be in harmony. And if they're not in harmony, then you have you have dissonance and you have something that doesn't yeah. feel right, that doesn't that doesn't sound right. You know, and I, I've done a lot of research in uh, in energy medicine, physics, and, and this sort of thing. And you, you start to understand every organ in your body, every cell in your body functions at very predetermined frequencies. And if, if, if an organ in your body, for example, gets exposed to, a, it doesn't have to be the exact frequency to be healthy, but it has to be a frequency that is in harmony with the exact frequency. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, uh, isn't that amazing? Is. Like I find that so fascinating. It's just incredible that we are actually music. Yeah, oh, in we some are. Ways. Like our, our whole cells body is are music. literally singing all the time. Our, our, all yes, is. that is incredible yeah. to me. That is amazing. So you know, uh, uh, you know, one of the experiments that I have done is, you know, one of the most popular frequencies that have been tested on f- hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people is five five hundred twenty eight hertz. And there is mm-hmm. there is more physiological improvement in people's health when they are exposed to 528 hertz than anything else. So if you take <laughs> 528 hertz and let's say that you let's say that you want to get a harmony uh, with that, you want to get a frequency that is in harmony with that. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember. I I, I remember this. I have it right where, where I can do a setting, but I'll lay down at night and I will set uh, some electromagnets that I have to, I, I believe it's either 96.4 or 94.6. I, I can't remember which one it is right now, but, mm-hmm. but that okay. is yeah. a harmony to 528. And so mm. I will, mm. I will expose my body to a frequency that we know and scientifically have proven to be a, a, a medical frequency, and, uh, and it actually helps me overcome, you know, inflammation, helps me get out of pain, helps me sleep better, all these kinds of things. So, you know, I, I've got decades of studying that kind of science and that kind of health. So it's really mm-hmm. easy for me to think about righteousness as being a frequency and that if I am in tune with that frequency, it doesn't have to be exact, but it has to be in harmony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That if right. I am in, yeah. And that's the pattern thing, yeah. the harmonies, the patterns. It's like it's, it just because it doesn't have to be exactly right. the same, but it works together Absolutely. with it. Yes. So so I realize and as a musician, and you know this as a musician, I mean, you, you know, if you're sitting there on the piano and you hit, Two notes that are dissonant. You know, they, they, they are not in harmony. Mm-hmm. I mean, a musician, <laughs> yeah. you know, you feel it. I mean, you're like, yuck, what is that? Yeah. <clears throat> now, yeah, like yeah. we said, other people may not know why they don't like it. They may not know why mm-hmm. they're not enjoying the music. You're playing. They don't even, they can't even hear it clear enough to know that, wait a minute, one of those keys on that piano is out of tune or one of those strings of that guitar. They, all they know is it feels yeah. terrible. There's something that's just not, ooh, it's cringy. Exactly. It's all the cringy. So, you know, yeah. coming from that concept is really easy to understand. If I am in harmony with a certain frequency, and I'm just, we're using this as a, as a type or as an example. We're, you know, we're not, don't, don't mm-hmm. take this too far. Mm-hmm. If I'm in harmony with a certain frequency, I know physiologically and emotionally I am going to feel a certain way. Well, you, you know, you flip that over to a, if you will, a spiritual concept of frequency, so to speak. Then you start realizing, if I am not harmonized, see, I, I am creating the likeness and image of God. And what you will find is you will find when you study the character traits of God, righteousness, or, or you know, it might use different words. It might, it might use righteous. It might use justified. But words that all have some connection to the concept of righteousness, you will find that righteousness is used in conjunction with 
the character and the nature of God more than any other word. So if you talk about love apart from righteousness, you're probably going to, it's going to be humanism probably. Uh, If you talk about, you know, Uh, if you talk about uh, faith apart from righteousness, then it's it's really, it's going to be presumption. It's probably not going to be faith. That is so, you could use this equation for every single thing, almost like plus righteousness. Like when the last several podcasts you're talking to the very core of God is righteousness. Well, then we have to add righteousness to everything. What is peace plus righteousness? What is all of this? Always add that to the equation. What is experiencing God plus righteousness? What is everything that's dear and near to our hearts? Add righteousness. And that adds the harmony and it lines us up and it almost fine tunes us to that frequency of life working for us. And, and, and so when you talk about relationships and loving others, we have to add that righteousness to yep. that. And it's, and, and because you've put so much of a foundation to this word righteousness, we aren't going to those old feelings of righteousness or those old right. definitions of the death word of righteousness. We're going to the life giving yeah. word of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Like we're choosing life within the mm-hmm. word righteousness. Mm-hmm. You've been mentioning this really is where we begin to find the best life yep. imaginable. Exactly. You know, we we want to help you live your best yes. life. Well, then, you know, as we take a look at this righteousness, then we come to this place, you know, I'm having this thought of desire. Mm-hmm. And we all, you know, use this reference, you know, that God will give you the desires of your heart. Right. But let's let's take this, you know, <laughs> equation. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, here, and again, using the mechanism, if I can use that word, of righteousness, then I will cause no harm to myself or to others. Right. Because that is, that, that's perfect, That is a commandment. You know, it's kind of interesting. Put a little parenthesis here. All these people that are trying to give us this watered down version of the love of God, and they'll try to tell you how the commandments Uh are are bad. uh, We just need to walk in love. Well, wait a minute. It's in the law that it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So wait a minute. So you know, how can you throw the law away if the law is what tells you to love people? Uh, am I making sense? And how can you move away from the law? Yes. Yeah, because then how can you move away from the law? Because no. the law as well, just like righteousness or the Sabbath, no. is working for me. If I am in righteousness, then the law no. works for me in every circumstance, just like gravity works for me. The law works for me when I am in righteousness. I'm not working for the right. law. The law is working for me. And it's you can't change the law. The law is the law. It's going to well, happen. the law... I think of the law as a definition. And remember, the word law means signpost. The word commandment means prescription. So what does a signpost do? A signpost doesn't take you on a trip to a destination you desire. A signpost just tells you, I am on the right road. That's all. I like it. And, you know, it's like. Think of even. Go ahead. ahead. Well, like I was just going more from what Bob was saying, like prosperity plus righteousness, yeah. you know, you know, because people get so messed up with all these words and it's just like, but if you add the righteousness, then you have yeah. wealth with no sorrow yeah. added to it. All of a sudden it's in tune. It's like, yes, I have wealth, but it's in yep. tune with the righteousness. And so now it's not adding sorrow to my life. This is adding yep. blessing to my life and to oh, yeah. others. And so adding the word righteousness to every equation is quite a, quite a great oh, yeah. practical thing we can do in how we apply today's podcast yeah. to this message to our lives. So, yeah. uh, so then we, well, then we remember that, that righteousness has to be always expressed through the motive and intention of love. And so, so you're using mm-hmm. righteousness yeah as a definition of how I should treat you if, in fact, I want you to feel valued, if I want you to feel precious, if I want you to feel uh, held in high regard. So, so mm-hmm. again, if we can't make love the core of who God is, because if we make love the core of who God is, right. then love can go anywhere. But if, once, once righteousness right, right. becomes the core, then every other character trait of God 
starts making sense because you have an absolute definition. Yeah. And there's the uh, absolute. And righteousness is such an absolute oh, yeah. word, too, which I love. So love is, you know, love should be the core motivation for everything that we do. Right. Absolutely. Now, when you think about some of the simplistic concepts of love, love is always based on giving. Mm-hmm. Sin, yeah. sin, idolatry, wickedness is always based on getting. Yes. You know, over in uh, over in the, over in uh, in First John, you know, it. Uh, <clears throat> let me see. Let me see. I'll get to say this right. It says uh, in First John three sixteen it says, "By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought also to lay down our lives for our brethren." But mm-hmm. whoever has these world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in that person? So, you know, here we have this very explicit statement that love, love is giving, even to, not in a codependent way, but it, even to the extent, if need be, you lay down your life. Whether that means yeah. giving up your yeah. selfish desires or whether that means laying down your life. Love has to be the motive. But righteousness has to be the guide. And that's where the law and the mm-hmm. commandments come in. And you're never going back trying to obey the law and the commandments. You're never trying to earn anything. You, you, should, you know, God is righteous. Everything that he does has to be in harmony. He has to be in harmony with himself. Yeah. You know, in, in the book of Romans, I'm trying to watch the time here. We're about out of time. Uh, in the book of Romans, it, it makes this really interesting statement. Let me see here. In Romans uh, 3.26, it says of God, it says, it says that to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has mm-hmm. faith in Jesus. Now, man... You you really have to chew that sentence over for a month or two, really, to to get it. So what he's saying here is God cannot justify a sinner in a way that violates his righteousness. That word just gets into the concept of righteousness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this is why God said back in, in Exodus 34, he says, man, I'm patient, I'm kind, I forgive iniquity, forgive you know, rebellion, forgive every kind of sin, I'm merciful, but I will not let sin, I will not cl- just clear sin. See, if God mm-hmm. were to look at a, a person who committed a sin, just say, you know what, it's all right. He has now become a liar and denied his own righteousness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so God had to make a way that the sinner paid for his sins so that he would not just be overlooking sin. God doesn't overlook sin. Well, -hmm. how did that happen? Mm -hmm. It happened by Jesus becoming our sin and suffering all the consequences that we would have had to suffer. So so you get this concept. Now, you start realizing everything that God does, I mean, everything from how he deals with sin, how he deals with mercy, everything is has to be in harmony with his righteous character. So, yes. so that's God maintaining his righteousness by all of his actions being in harmony with his righteous character. So if I want to be like God, if I want to influence the world, if I want to, if I want to have this incredible life that's not filled full of strife and strain and you know pressure and nah, 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 then I need to harmonize my righteousness with his. I can't come up with my own version of righteousness. I got to harmonize with him. So when you, you know, and there's a lot of ways, again, you can turn that into legalism at a blink of an eye. So, so let's go back to, okay, one of the best ways I can understand God's application of righteousness is by realizing it always has to come from a motive of love. It's got to be with the intention of bringing love, of value, of preciousness to the people, uh, you know, in, in the in the world around me. So I know that when I have left God's definition of love, that I've actually left God's righteousness. It doesn't mean I have gone out and done something, some wicked, horrible sin. 
But the minute I have stopped walking in love, then I have, by definition, abandoned the righteousness of God, which means mm -hmm. I was created. And when I got born again, you know, it's like man was created originally to be just like God, creating the likeness and image of God. By, by the way, that word image means an exact duplicate. When the Bible uh, talks yeah. about in the New Testament about us being, you know, being in the image of in Christ. Him, in Him is image, yeah. yeah. Then we're supposed to be exact. the exact duplicate inside and outside. If I get out of harmony, you know, I've given my life to Jesus, got a new spirit, yeah. got a new heart, which means really now my my spirit is in, in touch with God's spirit. I'm I'm picking up on his frequency, so to speak, you know, so, yeah. but the moment I move away from love, I start not feeling right. And I start actually yes. decreasing the quality of life I can have physically, spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. All right. So oh, man, we're, we're down. Gosh. We're going to, can we run a couple minutes over? Of yeah. course. Okay. So here's the deal. We said last week we're going to tell you why trying to find somebody to love you that you'll never yes. you'll never find them. If you do, it'll never work. It'll never come out the way yes. you want it to. So right. taking that concept of truth that we talked about last week, it has to start with God. So love yes. is always, like I say, it's always going to be directed toward uh, people having value and worth. Now, that even includes right. me because love is love your neighbor as yourself, which means I got to love myself at least as much as I love my neighbor. I can't. This is not where I become codependent. And I damage myself for somebody else. You know what I mean? Because I'm because I'm needy. And I, because really, if I'm doing for something for somebody else because I'm needy and I want them to be loved or I want them to love me, then I'm not in love. I am in selfishness. Yes. I'm trying yes. to use yes. them or manipulate them. Yes. So when you attract a person to you, and listen, yeah. I got I got fifty years of counseling that I can that I can base this on. Right. The yeah. people who lay down their lives the most and get so miserable and so bitter are the people that the first thing they'll say to you when they come into you for counseling is like, "Look, I I, I do everything for people, and nobody does anything for me." Right. <laughs> Well, I understand how painful that can be, but I also understand you would not feel that way if what you were giving was a gift. Exactly. So good, Jim. Well, yes. If you if it's a payment, see, then you're making a payment to them and they have to or you're giving something to them and they have to make a payment back to you. So the moment you you expect to be rewarded for something, it's a payment. It's not a gift. Yep. And if wow. you don't get the, if you don't get the payment that you think it will take for you to be happy, then you're going to be angry. And so even when they do pay you back the way you want them to, the problem is, then you know what the next thing is that comes out of those people's mouth? They mm. wouldn't they wouldn't love me if I didn't do all this stuff for. Them. Well, you're right. Mm -hmm. They don't. They don't love you. Yeah. They're, they're just repaying a debt. Yeah, yeah. So, so you do that, and you have this vacuous feeling because you are out of harmony with righteousness. You're out of harmony with love. You're out of harmony with how God created. Because if you stay in harmony with God, the righteousness of mm -hmm. God, then the real truth is, if nobody ever repays you the kindness, you're going to be completely satisfied. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that's something that wow. people don't believe. Go ahead. Yeah. But it's well, so profound. Yeah, it is. Another another thought that you know I would just want to interject wow. here is is this is that they feel as though their choice has been taken away. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking you know for love from you or in this place. Yeah. And this is what then I must do. Yeah. And therefore, no longer is it a gift. Yep. But it is that payment yep. and choice has been taken away. And so they they have this idea of the victim. I'm constantly giving. I get nothing in return. Yep. And and it just piles up and piles up until they explode. Yep. Yeah. Because they feel 
so much yeah. anger towards the other person yeah. as though you've taken my choice yeah. from me. Mm-hmm. You know, what you have said in the last 10 minutes could literally fix every relationship problem. Oh, yeah. I'm Absolutely. just, I mean, if people really, if yeah. we all heard this and yeah. live this life, if I know that love is not about get, get, getting, mm-hmm. it's love, it, that wickedness and selfishness is about getting. And if we are in this to get something, yeah. we are demanding a payment and then it is not love at yeah. all. And I mean, that's just it. Yeah. So you have a discontentment. You think that the discontentment is because that person is not responding to you. The real truth is your discontentment is you were out of harmony with the righteousness of God before you ever did anything for that other person. So so that discontentment because of being out of harmony with God is what drove you to do things for people. If If you have a contentment, Godliness with contentment, as Apostle Paul put it, then really you never feel like you have to do anything for people. You get to choose what you desire to do for people. And uh, if you see, if you need anything from anybody, it's like hanging a big old sign on your back saying, I am the biggest sucker in the world. You can manipulate me, yeah. you can play me, you can con me because yeah. I am really needy. Yeah. And those will be the yeah. people that will always attract the users to them because they're a user. I'm using you to get yeah. what I want. But I, so that blinds me. And I can't see that you're a user. And so like I say, you <laughs> never you never get what you want. You never find the person yeah. that you want. And when you do, uh, yeah. see, you didn't start with God's truth back here in the beginning. So wait a minute. I'm going to mm-hmm. harmonize heaven and earth with God's truth about what love is. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to look at what's going on right here in front of me. And the question I'm going to be asking, am I giving or am I using? And yeah. then I don't have to wonder what the end is going to look like. Because, you know, we talked about how the truth, by the way, any of you that didn't la- listen to last week's podcast, go back and listen to it because this is too much to unpack here in just a few minutes. But I'm see, we can see the end from the beginning. We might not be able to see all the details, right. but we can see how it's going to come out. And... Uh, so you know, I always this is I always tell people this. I always know I'm going to win, always. But me yeah. winning yeah. never means anybody else has right. to lose anything. Right. I know I'm going to win because I'm going to start with what God's word says. Now, if I get off track, if I get selfish, I'm going to repent when I, when I come to my senses. I'm going to get back on track. I'm going to go back to what God says, and then I can I can evaluate what I'm doing right now. See, people run. Is this the will of God? Is this the will of God? Well, let me tell you something. You're probably not deep enough in God to figure that out. Anyhow, just figure out if if how you're doing what you're doing is actually based on what God's word says, as it if it's applied by love. And if it is, then you know what the outcome's going to be. You're going to win. Mm-hmm. If you don't mm-hmm. win, then you go back and say, you know what? I must have been deceiving myself. Didn't mean to, but I must have been deceiving myself because this did not come out. Based on God's word, this did not come out the way it should have. That's all I got to say about that. Wow. Talk about, I want to hear this over and over and over again. These, it all led to this last bit, which is profound. Mm Mm-hmm. And, the, and we've all lived it. We all could sit oh, yeah. here now and talk about all the times that I've been in a relationship or with my, even with my kids, when I oh, need yeah. them to be a certain way for me. And then all of a sudden it's not working. It's because now all of a sudden I need you to be this for me. Yeah. And mm. then all of a sudden it's not love anymore. It's nope. just me using them. And yep. that's not giving. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And these are, are what I would describe as a, a really quite simple and profound solution. But now I want to take it and I want to walk it out, yes. you know, in, in my life. Yeah. And, and going back to truth, I, 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 my foundation has to be secure mm-hmm. in, in, in my love relationship yeah. and walking in righteousness yeah. with God. And then it translates and and I, you know, that's what I was, you know, hearing from you, Jim, you know, the discontentment that I'm experiencing here, you know, amongst, you know, ourselves or family or marriage or whatever it might be is really a simple indicator that I've been 
in discord yeah. with God. Man, yeah. that, that that's is perfectly put, Bob. And, that's perfectly put. And, and Bob, the loneliness question. Yeah. yeah. The loneliness question you talked about yesterday, if I'm feeling lonely and I'm needing somebody to feel that, mm-hmm. it's just an indicator of the... The discord. The discord. Of my yeah. relationship yeah. with him. You know, I go back so many times to Paul said, you know, uh, uh, you know, godliness with contentment or, cont- you know, contentment with godliness. Yeah. You know, if I am actually harmonizing with God, I'm not, we do have needs. We do. There is, I mean, we, God says it's not good for man to live alone. I get it. Yeah. But we yeah. are, we are not fit for companionship with anybody if we're out of harmony with God. We will mess it up. Even if it's something God wanted to use, even if it was, even if God brings Mr. You always tell me, if God brings Mr. Right to you and you're not Mrs. Right, he ain't going to want you. You're gonna lose yeah. him, and being Mrs. Right is about: Am I really walking in love? Am I am I harmonizing myself with God? You can't be a good friend. You can't be a good parent. You can't no. be a good mate. You can't be a good no. employee. No. You can't be a good boss if you're always yeah. looking to meet your needs through other yeah. people. Yep, yeah. so well said. And then the harmony and the righteousness, and yep. adding that righteousness to every 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 equation. Yep. I think you can almost synonymously use the word harmony and righteousness together in some ways. Yeah. Well, it's so much life. Like, Mm. you know, Deuteronomy, choose this day, life or death. This is choosing Mm. life. This is choosing life. Because um, righteousness is the path of life. If we don't choose righteousness, then we're choosing another path. And then I'm going to quote it again. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter, brighter every single day brighter. until you get to that perfect day. I mean, yep. there you go. There it is. Whew, love Ooh. it. Love righteousness. Love harmony. Love Bob. <laughs> love Jim. I love all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Thanks for listening. This has been, this has been very This is a helpful. slam dunk, man. This yes. is good stuff. Yes. You should wear plaid more often, Jim. You know, uh, so you got to remember, <laughs> if somebody tells you they need you, then yeah. what they're really saying is, I don't love you. Uh, isn't that wild? Now, there is, I mean, we do understand there's codependence, there's independence, and there's interdependence. Independence and codependence are polar, the polar extremes of, uh, of codependent behavior. Codependence, right. I got, I, I got to have you. Independence says I'm afraid. To, I'm afraid to have anybody. Interdependence right, right, says right. says I will depend on you in the ways that the righteousness and love of God say is healthy. But I will not depend on you for what I should be getting from God. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're scrambling to write what you're talking about. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jim. That was us writing. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, thank you guys. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> this is very, yeah, so very, fun, Jim. very helpful. All right, you guys. Well, have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm. Just applying this to life is exciting because mm-hmm. you're choosing life and choosing to be so in tune in righteousness, in mm-hmm. harmony with God. And then you can't help in a simple way, just begin loving others. Yeah. It'll ju- it just happens. It's the next thing. It's not what you have to try to do. It just happens because um, you're in harmony. Oh, you don't have to try. Okay. Love you guys. And we'll see you next time. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.